We respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia where this podcast was recorded and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Hi, I'm Daniel Moore, and you're listening to a Hearing Architecture mini-episode. In this mini-episode, you're going to be hearing from Tom Duffersey. In 2020, Tom was working in Hamburg, Germany, when we did this recording. He moved there after being involved in the Multidisciplinary Australian-Danish Exchange, or MAID Scholarship, where five Australian and five Danish students do an exchange in each other's country. Tom's experience overseas was so rewarding that he decided to move to Europe after completing his Masters of Architecture at the University of Newcastle. Here's Tom speaking with Imagine Committee member Kalina Sparks about studying, working and living overseas as a young architect. Thanks so much, Tom, for joining us on Hearing Architecture. Could you just give us an introduction into the MAID Scholarship? So it starts uh, with a week at Canlees, uh, Jonutsen's uh, summer home uh, in Majorca. Basically, the, the five students, so myself and, and, and four others, uh, we got to spend a week there just living in the space. Utsen himself is a big focus of the MAID program. So getting to live in one of his homes and understand how it feels and how it works was, was key to priming us to work on this, this um, multidisciplinary design project when we would eventually get to Denmark. So after that week there, we had uh, a host and this host firm in Denmark changes uh, for each year. Uh, and we had six weeks with this host firm, giving us support, guidance, uh, giving us reviews while we worked on a design project. Amazing. So you get back to Australia and you're thinking about ADEPT, which you're working for overseas. What made you want to actually move there and work for an international firm? Look, there's a there's kind of a running joke, uh, I think, within the MAID uh, program in the community there that among the Australians, the five that go to Denmark, there's always one that stays behind. And that was you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, although I did visit Australia briefly, that was that was my my idea. You know, I think it was um, when when I first went to Denmark, and this was actually for a like an elective, uh, a short two week thing that I did uh, when I was studying at University of Newcastle. That was my first exposure to Denmark, and. There was something about the way in which architecture was being done there. This this particular school was the Aarhus Architecture School in Aarhus, the second largest city in Denmark. Yeah, you know, I, I had a very different experience studying architecture at UTS as, than I did at Newcastle. Both of them were supremely valuable to me, and there was something about the way the work was done in Denmark that felt like a combination of the two, and so it really resonated with me. And how did you go about actually applying for? A- work or an internship with ADEPT? Yeah, look, I think it would have been really tricky if I hadn't done the MAID program because, you know, being in the office for six weeks, I got to understand the way that they worked and the the projects that they worked on their ethos. And so I knew that it was a good fit for me and they got to see how I worked um, as an individual and as a team member. So towards the end of that program, I, I shot an email across to one of the partners and and, and kind of just reached out and said, hey, I'd, I'd really like to come back. Um, I really like the work that you do here. Can we organize something? And they, and that program was wrapping up, I think, around December or January in 2019. They said, well, look, can you come back in August? Amazing. Okay, so you get to ADEPT. You land in Copenhagen. What happens? What, what projects do you work on? So I actually started off working on a private home, a villa, uh, which is something that the company always does. Um, they do those only rarely. But it was quite fun, actually, because 
for adept, model making is a really big part of their process, both as presentation models, but also as a design process early on. And so I actually found myself making hand-cut 1 to 50 models of a house, which is something I hadn't actually done for some time, doing hand-cut models. Wow. Yeah. And then you go on to do other competitions, other projects. Yeah, yeah. As as I uh, developed the office and got a feel for the way that they worked, and I think they also got a feel for, for the things that I was able to do and the, the software packages I could work in, things like that, I started getting to work on on competitions as well. Which actually led to being able to lead a competition, an entry for a German competition, working closely with one of the partners. Wow. And so can you elaborate on what that competition was about and what it involved? Yeah. So this one was a, a German one. Uh, the site was in Berlin. It was the Haus des Rundfunks, a, a broadcasting house. And effectively, it's a, a site that had a building from the 1930s, a radio broadcaster, a building from the 60s for television. Uh, and now they wanted this uh, 20,000 square meter digital media house. So a lot of things to juggle there, a really complicated program. And we were up against some some really tough uh, competitors for this one, uh, including like Zaha Hadid Architects and I think uh, Max Doodler. Amazing. And what were some of the deliverables that your office had to work on? So it was, I think, a couple of panels, maybe four panels or so, A0. Uh, and they're quite specific about what had to be on those. Um, and that was everything from some diagrams about how the different important spaces would be working with with one another in the organization there, plans of all our floors, two renders from specified positions so they could be comparable across the competition, as well as a description and a physical model, a presentation model. Wow. And what kind of technologies are you working with in the office? Yeah, that's one of the things that really appealed to me about uh, this particular office, because we're both working with uh, physical models, working with foam and, and hand-cut models, so on and so forth for our design process, but also working in software like Rhino and dabbling a little bit of Grasshopper to save us some time and to improve our efficiency. And then, you know, then we jump back and, and do a bit of sketching and problem solving that way. So it felt like we were really embracing, uh, you know, emerging technology, new rendering software, but still valuing the handwork, the, the sketching to communicate and the model making. Great, Tom. Um, it sounds like you're really getting some diverse experience and hands-on experience as well as someone that's been working for Adept now for a year. So it's really amazing. Are you able to speak a little bit to the uh, structure of the company? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the really remarkable things is how flat the, the organization is, the office organization is. So with the way that we'd work on a project, generally you'll have a, a partner, a project leader and you know, maybe working in teams of three to five, something like that. But the relationship with the partners is, is really flat. You know, a lot of the discussions and working a project, it's all just about the ideas and the way the office is physically organized. Everyone's at the same sort of desk. There aren't these private offices, uh, which really creates this nice balance of uh, just feeling like everyone's opinion is valued and, and everyone feels comfortable to share their ideas. Fantastic. And what about young families and work-life balance and Friday afternoons? Can you speak a bit to that? Yeah, look, I mean, the, the family thing is, is really big, it feels, in Denmark. You know, I've seen most of the kids from those who are parents of the office because often they'll come around. Sometimes we'll have, you know, office Halloween or a Christmas party where all the, the kids came along at the beginning as well. You know, there's this understanding that, or even not, not even understanding, it's just an expectation that if you've got kids, you're probably going to knock off early, maybe four, so that you can see them, pick them up from school. 
there's a lot of flexibility for that work-life balance and a lot of value on that family. You know, it felt like we would do really hard. We'd work hard. We'd work well. We'd do good work. But there's a certain time when you say, all right, it's 5 p.m. We've done good work today, but it's important that we go spend time with the family. And the sunlight. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think, you know, in, in, we're in a country where it's so rare to have it, the Copenhagen in general just turns on when the sun comes out, everyone's out there. So, you know, when the, we'd head out for lunch, we'd have lunch outside when the weather's good. And it's just wonderful in the summer here, you finish work and the sun's still out for hours. Wow. Amazing. Um, are you able to describe a little bit in the day of the life of <laughs> architecture graduate Tom living in Copenhagen and working for ADAPT? Well, look, um, it starts off with a bike ride, as I think any day does in Copenhagen. It's a, a very compact and, and super flat city. So my commute was about 10 minutes by bike. Um, mind you, that's the, the same sort of commute you're doing in winter. So that might mean you're cycling in rain or sometimes snow. And even in summer, you know, it can rain any time. So you really got to dress for all seasons. But it's wonderful being able to get anywhere in that city in maximum, say, 20, 25 minutes on a bicycle. And, uh, you know, you're working generally nine to five, pretty good hours, often finishing on a Friday, maybe 3 p.m. You, you do overtime, as you know, we always sometimes have to when projects are due, when there's a, a big submission. But it really felt like those were always in balance. You know, if I'd done a, a few really big days, the expectation would be that I'd take a few days off recover and get back into it. And so what are you up to right now? Well, uh, so as I mentioned, I'm actually in Germany now. I, I finished a year with Adept in July of this year. Um, but prior to that, we'd been talking together about the future. And there was an opportunity then to keep working with them, but as part of um, their Hamburg office, which we're really just growing now. We, we've had uh, one team member effectively who was spending more time in Germany than Denmark. We've done a lot of work in Germany, actually. So we would we're basically looking at expanding here. Um, so now I'm part of the, the small team of three now who are establishing our presence in Germany. Fantastic. And what is going to be next for you after all of this international experience? Is that something that you're likely to continue and want to stay in Europe? Yeah, look, I think at the very least, I would love to continue to work in Europe for the immediate future. There's there's something about being here and working in, in a very international sense uh, and feeling so interconnected with the neighboring countries and, and wider Europe. It's been wonderful. And I think too, just the the difference in culture has been a really big learning experience for me. I really enjoyed, uh, particularly in Denmark, learning Danish, um, getting closer to the practice and understanding more about the Danish way of thinking and the ethos, the way of working there as as I evolved that I'd like to keep on that path, I think. Fantastic. And are you able to just reflect on some of the differences in construction methodology of Australian and European, particularly Danish and now German practice, and um, just speak to that a little bit? Yeah, look, I think one of the big ones is this part of the world, that the sun is a really big consideration. And it is rarer to see it and, and daylight, therefore, is so very important. So it feels like it's really embedded into the code, but also just the way that everyone's thinking and working that we need to have access to light, lots of and, and a high quality of light. There's there's a real focus on shallower building floor plates so that we get lots of air, we get views, and we make spaces that is more comfortable to live in. And it doesn't feel like as architects we have to argue as hard for that because it feels like uh, municipalities and clients are on the same page about that one here. It's the same for bicycle infrastructure. 
you know, obviously Copenhagen has, has some of the world's best bicycle infrastructure. And even in working on projects in Germany, it's still such a big consideration for us. You know, working on a master plan, for instance, we're looking at flows and finding ways to, I guess, de-emphasize car traffic where we can, where it makes sense, and really emphasize, you know, like a streetscape that that is pedestrian friendly and bicycle friendly, but safe and 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 green. And and again, these aren't things that we're we have to fight as hard for because our, our clients seem to want the same thing. Gosh, well, it just sounds like it's been absolutely incredible. And we're just so grateful here that you've um, allowed us to have a couple of minutes out of your time <laughs> to speak about your experience. And just thanks so much for being a part of the podcast, Tom. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening. This has been a mini episode of Hearing Architecture featuring Tom Duffercy and Imagine Committee member Kalina Sparks. If you'd like to hear more interviews with architects from around Australia, please keep listening to Hearing Architecture on your favourite podcast app. The more support we get from you, the more episodes we get to make. So if you'd like to show your support, please rate, review and subscribe to Hearing Architecture wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is a production by the Australian Institute of Architects Emerging Architects and Graduates Network in collaboration with Open Creative Studio. The Institute production team was Stacey Rodder, Madeline Jenkins and Claudia McCarthy. Written and directed by Daniel Moore. To learn more about what the Australian Institute of Architects is doing to support architects and the community, please visit architecture.com.au. This content is brought to you by the Australian Institute of Architects, Emerging Architects and Graduates Network in collaboration with Open Creative Studio. This content does not take into account specific circumstances and should not be relied on in that way. This content does not constitute legal, financial, insurance or other types of advice. You should seek independent verification of advice before relying on this content in circumstances where loss or damage may result. The Institute endeavours to publish content that is accurate at the time it is published, but does not accept responsibility for content that may or will become inaccurate over time.